0: <laughs> OK, so now that I got this out of my system.. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Good evening, Richie.
1: <laughs> Good evening Sinclair.
0: <laughs> well, it's actually morning for me.
1: Good morning, Sinclair.
0: <laughs> um So yesterday was streamed The Racine. Yes. Well, specifically, you streamed and played it on my channel.
1: Yes, well, you you kept interrupting me, and we were slightly out of sync. So every time you'd interrupt me, there'd be something else happening on the screen. So it's probably going to be unwatchable.
0: <laughs> probably, but I yeah. do not know, because I was out of sync with you, and I was out of sync with the chat, you know? So it was like, yeah.
1: Patreon.com slash We played through the entire game. I showed off uh, all of it. I did everything that was mandatory. There were some, like, little notes and books and things we didn't see and photographs and stuff. But we played through the whole story. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It was really, really, really cool. Yeah. And um, it had some Bloodborne Easter eggs.
1: I think it's fair to say that they're absolutely confirming Bloodborne 2. Oh, shut up. <laughs> no, we have to put that in the in the thumbnail. It's Bloodborne 2 confirmed? Question mark.
0: <laughs> we also have to put like there's in a Bloodborne shared
2: universe. Mm. Mhm.
1: <laughs> Please help us we're running out of content.
0: <laughs> oh god, no we're not. Oh god, we're not. We, I was trying to make the schedule for the next few weeks for us, and there's too much content. And I made a chat in Discord where uh, the title is Podcast Suggestions, so people can put their suggestions for future podcasts.
2: Mm-hmm. There's
0: like 7 million suggestions there, and we have our suggestions, and then we have guests we have to contact for like other things. And so, yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: I kind of wish we were running out of things, but Yeah. So, Derasene. Okay. So, <laughs> um I guess tell me what you think of it.
1: Uh one thing I said on I I played it twice now. I I played it when it came out and then we streamed it and that was my second playthrough. I feel like it is a bit too long. But other than that, I think it's very good.
0: Oh, cool. I feel like it's a good thing that you streamed it on my channel. Because if you didn't, I feel like I would either never play it, because I don't have VR and I don't really intend on buying it, or I would have, like, quit halfway through.
1: Yeah, it took me about six hours to get through the first time. And then the playthrough that we did was about, three and a half, I think. Mm -hmm. So that's a good two and a half hours of just not knowing what to do. It's very much like an old point-and-click adventure game in that you just have, um, have a very small number of things you can actually do in each sort of area. So it became, a lot of the puzzles sort of weren't very intuitive, and it just became a matter of like just activating everything until something happened. There's really I think that's deliberate though because it wants it wants you to explore this place and wants you to understand it. So, like, like one of the early quote-unquote puzzles is that you have to find a broken part of a, a wand. And it turns out it's just, like, it's in someone's sheet. And there's no indication it's in the sheet. The only way to find it would be to just float around the school, just, like, looking in everything. But that serves a purpose, because in order to find it, you do just have to go through the school and look through everything. So it helps you familiarize yourself with the environment. A lot of the puzzles were a bit like that. They sort of, they want you to notice things. So they make the solution basically just pressing everything in a room. Yeah, to make you more familiar with that room. So I didn't mind it. In, um, but there are some adventure games where, like, there are just massively unintuitive things in them and they do sort of, like, grate on me after a while. But this didn't.
2: Oh, that's good. No, I really enjoyed watching the stream. It was really fun. Um, so, okay. So about the Hacine, can you, like, briefly explain,
0: I guess, the plot? And I'm asking briefly because we're going to have Laura on next week so she can explain things in more detail.
1: Yep. And maybe some other people after that.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: Yeah. Well, the, the plot of Der is that you begin the game as an unnamed fairy. It's not clear what's happened. You just get told you've become a fairy. And then you you exist in a world that is sort of, you exist in like frozen time. So as you move around this, you, you end up in this school. And as you float around the school, like everything is frozen. So nothing is moving. You cannot interact with NPCs. You cannot, uh, like, if there's a door, you can't open it. You can just sort of like, you have very limited ability to interact with the world around you. and what happens is your job at the beginning is just to prove to the children there that you exist. So you perform little minor sort of just make strange things happen, like you put herbs in some soup that aren't supposed to be there. You like uh, turn the page of a book when someone's not touching it. You like ring a bell or something like that to sort of get give the kids the impression that okay, there's something strange happening. And that's how you show yourself to the children. And then things sort of take a turn and it's, it's revealed that the reason the children are so excited that a fairy is there is that one of the children has died. And they know that a fairy could bring her back to life. Which begins kind of act two of the game. And act two of the game is the children kind of going out of the school to try and find a fairy. that They think they're looking for you, basically, but they don't. They find something else to look for a fairy to bring this other girl back to life. And it turns out that instead of running into you, they run into an evil fairy who basically just makes them all disappear. They all get, they all sort of just fade away into nothing. Except one of them who escapes back to the school. So then that starts off basically act 3 of the game, which is that you have to using your fairy wand keep going back in time to like puzzles you've already done and try to come up with a different solution to them. And in coming up with a different solution to them like events play out differently. So like you'll you'll alter the past, go back to the present and discover that like basically the same things happened but one or two things are different. And you have to keep doing that and kind of getting clues as to what you need to do in the past to alter the future so they don't disappear.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And eventually if you figure it out, you manage to save them all. Ah.
2: Oh. Oh, and I wanted to ask you something. Yep. um could you tell me who the kids are?
1: Well, the kids are the uh the girl that called the girl who has died is called Julia
2: hmm
1: and she's initially the one that calls on you, and it becomes apparent as you're interacting with her that there's something off about her, but like when other when other one thing that we showed off is that when other characters are frozen she continues to move. It's like she's actually in the sort of frozen time world with you. So she has died it, from, basically, if you, there's a Dark Souls style, there's a whole lot of, like, scattered notes and things you can find that sort of piece together the backstory. It looks as though she died quite a long time ago, like three or four years ago. And they have preserved her body, so she's kind of mummified. So she's, mm-hmm. like, she's up there, she's a corpse, but she's not running away and every day they're going up to sort of reapply the herbs and everything to keep her body fresh. Right. Right. Uh, there is Lawrence, who is the, he's the oldest kid. He, he was the second oldest. Yulia was older than him. And then what happened was when she died, he was the next oldest. So he, as the oldest sort of takes over uh, running the place, he's sort of like the the big brother to everyone. He's in charge of the cooking and he's sort of like the, um, he like checks on everyone, make sure they're okay. There's Rosa who I think Rosa's, Rosa's either this, the youngest or second youngest. And she has a, she believes in fairies and she has uh, an injured leg. Because at one point, because she believed in fairies, she saw a glow in the distance at night and thought it was a fairy. And she ran to it and then it was something else and it sort of grabbed her around the ankle. And as a result, that part of her leg is like wounded and it won't heal because of the sort of strange thing that touched her.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: There's uh, Marie, who is the she's older than Rosa. There is uh, Nils, who is a very young boy, who is quite um. he's sort of like the scholarly one, he's always reading. There's, uh, and then there is Herman. Oh, no, no, there's, yeah, there's Herman who, yeah, Herman is the last one. Herman is, uh, like a sort of adventurous kid and he, his, um, he's defined by the fact he's always wearing a hat and he's always sort of like doing pranks and things that involve his hat. So a lot of the puzzles involve, like Herman will have hidden something under his hat. So you've got to go find Herman and take his hat off and discover that he's got something hidden under it. Mm-hmm. and then they're watched over by uh, the headmaster who is literally only ever called the headmaster who is an old man in a wheelchair he looks a bit like, like a thin version of Willem from Bloodborne yeah. and then there's another there's another four adult characters but we never make them in the traditional sort of Miyazaki uh, half the story's already happened uh, way
2: and could you tell me
0: about Rhode?
1: Okay, so the, the thing about Der Arsene is that what I've, well, I went through the story then, like if you just run through the game, that's the story you get. But like Dark Souls style, there is a more complicated backstory that sort of like expands on everything. And it's told through uh, the school that you're in, like it has an enormous library. The kids are always taking books out and looking at them. And also, the headmaster keeps a diary. So as you travel backwards and forwards in time in the school, the books, different books will have been checked out of the library, and the headmaster's diary entries will be different. And you piece them together, and you come up with this story about how there was a city called Rhone it's R-O-H-N. And this really confused me because the VR headset display is quite blurry. And when I saw R-O-H-N, I thought it said Robin. <laughs> so I saw the, these notes about something called Robin and I'm like, oh, Robin must be a character that we haven't met yet. And I always know it's Roan. So Roan was a city that obviously we never visit because the game world's extremely small. But it was a city where they started experimenting with, like, contacting fairies. And it, as you read into it, you find out that everyone in Rhone eventually disappeared. Like people were just disappearing off the streets in the same way that the children disappear. And you find in uh, there's like a cabin, sort of like off in a like a snowy cabin area that you go to. There's sort of paraphernalia there that suggests that the survivors of Roan went there. There was only five of them. The five survivors of Rhone, who are sort of, I guess, kind of the equivalent of Bergenworth and Bloodborne. It was like this group of scholars who began researching into this thing yeah. that sort of got loose and destroyed the city. So they escaped to a, a cabin in that's. Um, there's various sort of anti fairy measures you can take in Derasene, and they've set up quite a lot of them around this cabin to stop fairies from getting in. And they have been researching. Uh, continuing their research into fairies. And it turns out that the school that the children are at and basically everything around it is part of the experiment they're conducting Mm
2: -hmm.
1: into how fairies work. So the headmaster is one of the survivors of Roan, And then there's the four other characters who we never meet, but are referenced. And they are, um, there's a woman called Abigail, a woman called Margareta, a man who's just called the old man. And then there's a fifth character who we're kind of not sure about, but we think they, they just by um, process of elimination, because there's so few characters in the game already, they are probably who becomes the evil
2: fairy that takes the children. Mm-hmm.
1: And there's a few notes and things where the headmaster will refer to himself and the other scholars as Ronians. Yeah. So, but yeah, Roan disappeared, and then they all ran out. The survivors fled and continued their research after Roan was gone.
0: Okay. And one last thing: who's the fairy like us? Who are we? well? This
1: is the thing. This is part of the research they were conducting because they realized that fairies are drawn to. Firstly, they they're sort of attracted to like the wishes of children. Because uh, in this game, which is consistent with with like he talked about celtic folklore being an influence fairies are connected to time so there's something about uh how much sort of past you have that changes how much you interact with a fairy so the idea is that because the scholars of rhone were old when they became a fairy they had too much time in their past that they kept wanting to get back to so they were going around like snatching people and using their sort of life energy to go back into like this sort of the fairy is kind of driven by nostalgia in a way like it it keeps wanting to go back to the past, the only way it can go back to the past is to steal the time of someone in the present so the idea is that these adults became fairies and they became very predatory because they had they kept wanting to revisit events of their past they went wanting to sort of get their time back. And they re- the scholars realise that there's something about children. I think because children don't have much of a past that like makes them sort of sympathetic to fairies. And That's why they've taken these children. Uh, the children in the game are all orphans. The reason they've set up this orphanage is to sort of figure out like how this group of very young children will interact with a fairy if one were created there. And then it's revealed that they realise okay, if you wanted to create a fairy that was not predatory you would have to use a newborn baby because they would have almost no past to want to go back to and it turns out that and this is again like dark soul style they don't tell you but it's very it's just inferred throughout the game that you are a very very young child called alexis who is basically like a baby um, pretty much newborn who was turned into, was made into a fairy through their experiments. And that's why you're the only nice fairy. Because you don't have a past to long for. And there's a point in the game at which, uh, in the various sort of, like, alternate universes you create by going back and forth, that Yulia, the girl, becomes a fairy. And because she's a child, but she's, like, she's not a baby, but she's nowhere near an adult. She's a nice fairy, kind of but then after a while she sort of slips back into wanting to go back to her past again.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So, yeah, we are we are
2: a newborn baby in the game called Alexis, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, I think it was...
0: Uh, I think it was Laura who mentioned in the stream how um, Alexis could potentially be the kid of the Headmaster and... Um,
1: Margarita. We think, yeah... Yeah, we it's possible, but, like, we don't... You see Margarita um, posing with Alexis. Like, you see, it's like a photograph of her with the baby. We don't know if she... Like she, The headmaster talks about Margarita like they're a couple. Because um, there's a... Like, Margarita has, like... Before the game starts she commits suicide by drowning herself. The headmaster mm-hmm. is the only adult left. And he, he writes sort of... You read his diary and he writes, like... um margarita i'm going to join you as though like they were a couple but i i don't quite know because he's extremely old and she doesn't seem she like she seems at most sort of in her 40s based on this very blurry photograph whereas he is in his like 70s so i don't know i don't know if he was alexis's father or what yeah yeah
0: I think it was also Laura who mentioned, like, maybe they weren't a couple, but maybe they made a baby for science. It's, it's
1: possible. <laughs> you can see that That um, I think a lot of the, the stuff from Bloodborne about using children to beckon eldritch monstrosities, I think, found its way into Derasune. Because mm-hmm. if you read Miyazaki interviews, he from around Bloodborne, he sort of puts a lot of emphasis on the child element of that game, but it, it kind of, I think, got lost in the Endless revisions. Like, it's there, but it's not it's not like people are still confused about what exactly happened with the babies in Bloodborne because it's not—it's not really foregrounded to the same to like as though it's a, a big plot point. But um, yeah, Darasene—it's basically just all about that.
0: Mm-hmm. And you mentioned the evil fairy. Uh, who did you guys think it was again?
1: Well, there's—you find a photograph of in this uh, the cabin where the Ronian scholars were. There's a photograph of five. It's five adults, and they're standing around, and they've got, you know, in the middle of them, there's, like, the wand that they use to create fairies. And you can see, like, there's the headmaster. There's a character called the old man, who you never, um, you never directly interact with him, but you see, like, sort of after images of him. There's uh, Margarita, and then there's the other two characters, a man and a woman. The woman is, this is very confusing, there is a character called Abigail who is never directly referenced, but if you, during the tutorial, the you're given a series of like instructions on a piece of paper that sort of tutorialized the game and they're all signed Abigail. So presumably Abigail is the other woman and she's who made you into a fairy and left all these notes for you to sort of teach you what to do. So there's like one character left who is an adult man and we think that that is the character who became the evil fairy because there's no other characters that it could be. Unless it's a complete okay. stranger. Yeah.
2: Okay.
0: And you refer to him as the cult leader or something?
1: Yeah, he looks like he's in... They're, they're arranged, like, standing around, uh, like, a table, and he's in the middle and, like, up the top. So he looks like he's kind of presiding over it. Mm-hmm. Laura, Laura will have more to say because she has been um, going into yeah. this in much more detail than I have. Yeah.
0: Okay. And I asked people to ask some questions uh, on Discord about the Racine,
1: mm-hmm.
0: but a few of them are very detailed, so I'll just wait for Laura, for, for Laura to, come yeah. to the podcast, yeah. yeah, and we'll answer these. Uh, one thing, though. Um, Princess Jam is asking, is there a Moonlight Greatsword?
1: There isn't, uh, as far as we can tell. We did go looking.
2: <laughs> you did go looking.
1: Okay. There's no Moonlight Greatsword, but there are a bunch of Bloodborne references in it,
2: mm-hmm.
1: which has led to a number of, I would say, clickbaity articles and videos about <laughs> how this game is somehow foreshadowing Bloodborne 2. Um, basically, there are, there are th- three that I found There's probably more that directly, that sort of obliquely reference Bloodborne. So there is a doll who looks like a sort of, um, like a Funko Pop version of the doll from Bloodborne. Yeah. And if you, she is doing the make contact gesture. And if you pick her up, the make contact gesture animates it goes from left to right. And it says that she's a doll who watches over you if you have a bad dream. So it's a very obvious Bloodborne reference. Yeah. There is a little figurine of, it sort of looks like a, it looks like a, a seal with like an octopus for a head that kind of looks like Coz. Right. And it says this is a figurine of the Sage of the Sea. And it says that the Sage of the Sea is inside a, it's inside a nightmare and it controls who can enter and leave, which is how Cos works in Bloodborne. So there you go. And there's also a book called Blood and Bone. And the title Blood and Bone is laid out with, like, the same font and position and everything as the Bloodborne title on the Bloodborne box. <laughs> and um, the artwork is, like, a character sort of holding something shown from the back, exactly like the Hunter.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And the thing is that all three of them, if you read the description, it, like, gives you that description then it says, like, this is from an unfinished tale. And people were taking mm-hmm. that to mean, oh, he's referencing Bloodborne and saying it's unfinished. Does this mean that? there's going to be, like, Bloodborne 2. It's being set up. And, like, you can, you can read it as that, but you could also read it as, like, maybe he just thinks Bloodborne, like, wasn't finished. Because, I mean, we've done a fair number yeah. of episodes, I think, already about all the stuff that was cut out from that. So it may just be Miyazaki sort of lamenting that he wasn't able to finish Bloodborne to the, to the degree he wanted.
0: It's funny yeah. when I saw that uh, note. That's exactly what I thought. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even think about, like, Bloodborne 2. <laughs>
1: there's there's a third kind of one that I think th- that you can use to unify them. Because the book, oh, yeah? the Blood and Bone book, it talks about, like, a, um it references Bloodborne kind of by talking about, like, there was the city where everything was, like, blood and bones and things. But then it sa- it mentions, like, gold and silver being important to the city, and it talks about... It talks about using like the causing the weapons of the gods.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And to me, that sounds a bit like Demon Souls. So I'm oh. so I'm wondering if it's actually like it's an unfinished tale in the sense that you have like Demon Souls and then the not technically sequel but spiritual successor is Bloodborne.
2: Yeah. And that
1: maybe like they're gonna do a third one that's like also not technically connected, but it's the same sort of like Approach like there'll be uh like a one that moves the timeline on further. It'll be like a like a cyberpunk game or something. <laughs> yeah, that will turn out to be like Yarnum, uh, like one thousand years <laughs> in the future or something.
0: Yeah, yeah. So it's like indirectly Demon Souls three. Yeah, yeah. That would be pretty cool.
1: Yeah, Darasuna. If it's anything, it's like Echo Knight four.
2: <laughs> yeah. Um, it's
1: very very similar in structure to Echo Knight. One of the things uh, in In Derasene, the um, key item you have is a wand that when you stick it into things, it sucks their life essence out and into you. And then that's sort of what lets you become a fairy. And that's very similar to in Echo Knight, at least the first one, the story revolves around a knife that like, if you kill enough people with this knife, you will become immortal. So the knife Mm -hmm. and the wand are very similar. Uh, Echo Knight also does the nonlinear time structure, where you would you would go back and forth between like different timelines in Echo Knight, and you could alter the past. And Daria of course, does the same thing. You go back, and you have to change the past to fix everything. Yeah, yeah. So it it feels a lot like Echo Knight, basically. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm.
0: Okay. Well, I guess that's it for today.
1: Do you want to talk about like did you did you like it? Like what oh. do you have anything to say about the game or
0: I thought I did. Yeah, I yeah. liked it. It was fun. Um yeah, it was really yeah. interesting. But like I said, I, I'm really glad we did the uh stream because I probably wouldn't have played it yeah. on my own.
1: Did you agree with me that like it was a bit too long? No. Okay.
0: I expressed my opinions on stream. Yeah.
1: <laughs> no, but you you expressed your opinions on stream before it had ended though.
0: You think it should have ended at the point where the evil fairy kills the rest of the children in the cabin Yeah, I feel like
1: that's a good ending point. It's
0: not a good ending, though. It's a horrible
2: ending. Yeah,
1: but I like that it's horrible. The whole thing is that the kids, like, they try to bring back Yulia by screwing around with, like, time and screwing around with, like, what's alive and what's dead. And I feel like... In stories where people do that, they shouldn't come away unscathed. So I sort of didn't like that the kids sort of fuck around with the dark arts and try to sort of reverse time and change history. And then the end is that, like, even though it goes wrong, you can then fix it up again. I feel like there should have been more, like, consequence to it, basically.
0: Okay, I don't disagree with that, but then the game should have been different. Because what happens if this is where it ends, it's like you're a fairy, okay? You're walking around, you're interacting with these kids, you're interacting with the orphanage, and then all of a sudden, you see an evil fairy kill the kids that you've grown attached for, and you do nothing.
1: You can't do anything because you're a fairy.
0: That makes no sense. You're not powerless. You're a goddamn fairy. You could do something. I
1: think you are powerless, because you can't do anything.
0: Well, the other fairy is doing something, clearly.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah, so you could do something.
1: But, like, you can't, you can't interact with it. No, it literally doesn't let you. It freezes you on the spot.
0: Well, m- anyway... My boyfriend just sent me a message. Oh, no. Am I screaming too loud?
1: I can confirm you are, even if that's not what the message says.
0: <laughs> oh, no. No, he's not, my love. My boyfriend's asking, is Richie serving you the it's not supposed to make sense?
1: No, that's confusing me with someone else.
0: (laughs) I know, I know. (laughs) No, but okay, 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 let me compose myself. Okay. The story would be bad if you as a fairy have grown attached to the children. You have yeah. grown attached to your orphanage. And when bad things yeah. happened to them, you did nothing. That would not be. story. no,
1: good but you story. can't do anything.
0: It no, it would not be good.
1: No, I I think it would have worked as like a like a really awful, like terrible Grimm's fairy tales thing where it's like you're like the happy fairy and you're friends with the children, and then they're like, "Oh, the fairy will help us, and it turns out that they found the wrong fairy, and that there's another fairy, and that in doing that like they all just disappear like i would I would have liked it if that had happened, and then you'd gone back to the the um the orphanage, and like Lawrence is there on his own, and then it just like skips ahead a year, and Lawrence is like still there, and he's like like um like catatonic or something, and there's new kids, and then it just says like you know." Uh, no trace of the children in the forest were ever found. And the implication it's all just going to happen again.
0: Is this the Blair Witch Project?
1: But, like, that's the thing. Blair Witch Project is very memorable because it just ends on this, like, horrifying, like, you no, know, like, the, the ending is this, it's like an open wound. It's just this, like, completely open ending where just something horrible happened. You don't know exactly what. And it just sort of lingers with you. Whereas in Der this horrible thing happened, but then I went back and made it not happen. And I feel like it's less effective because I did that.
0: I don't feel like it's less effective because it's a game, because you're supposed to be able to do something.
1: Well, I don't feel like that about games, though. I would like more games where you can't win.
2: No, no, God, no. What? Rich, what is wrong
1: with you? Yeah. Yeah, I'm serious.
2: Oh my God.
0: No, it's no no no, that would have been I would have hated the game then, because it's literally like you just watch the children die and you don't do anything. Even though you're a magical fairy with magical powers, you're supposed to be able to do something.
1: Yeah, but like imagine if that had happened. Like you would it would have really gotten under your skin. You'd be like, what the fuck happened? Like what you know, it would have been this really like horrifying, disempowering moment, and then it just ended. That's why I was saying, like, it, it feels like it is a like a shorts, like there's a ton of short horror games you can find on like Steam and itch and stuff that are around like three four hours long, and I feel like that's what it should have been. And I, it feels like the I don't like the ending because of the things I said, and also because I just find the time paradox stuff kind of tedious. Because suddenly I've gone from playing this like really creepy horrific thing to playing um Shadow of Destiny. Where I'm just like going back and like doing the same puzzle over and over again, sort of to make different things happen, and it just feels like... Eh.
0: Well, maybe that's the true horror of the game.
1: Uh, the true horror of the game is it—it it made me want to play Shadow of Destiny. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I, d- I do like Shadow of Destiny, but it's it's uh,
2: not a horror game. Hmm. 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 What was I screaming about? Uh, everything. Okay. No, I think the game's just fine.
1: Yeah. No, it it is fine. I just feel like it would have been stronger if, if it had ended differently.
0: Uh, you know, I don't know me. Because <sighs> right now I'm thinking back. I'm having a flashback to a movie, and you could probably guess what it is. I don't remember anything about it. Like, literally, I don't remember anything that happened in the movie other than the ending.
1: (laughs) Infinity
2: War?
0: No. What the fuck? Richie. I don't know. Let's see if my boyfriend can guess. Boyfriend, I'm thinking of a movie. I don't
2: remember anything about the movie other than the ending. Think. You know me. Think about this. Is it Russian? No, it's not Russian. Everybody knows this movie. I think it's based on a book by a very profilic author. Uh Boyfriend, are you testing me right now? Oh, he's playing Red Dead Redemption.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, under normal circumstances, I feel like my boyfriend would have guessed what movie I am talking about?
1: Is this it? Why why are we playing this quiz now?
0: Because <laughs> I feel like it. You made me scream. Now we're playing a quiz.
1: <laughs> is this gonna be a new segment? Guess what I'm thinking.
0: Oh my god! Yeah, I do that a lot. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I
1: know, but it shouldn't be a. Okay. S- uh, no. Okay.
0: So this is a segment for everybody listening.
1: <laughs> okay. Okay, I, I'll say this, this the podcast has helped me with something in my personal life.
0: Oh, God, what?
1: It has helped me be less sarcastic. <laughs> what, really? Because whenever I say anything sarcastic on this podcast, it ends up happening in real life. <laughs> so I now no longer sarcastically say things like that reflex is now gone. <laughs> and I feel like it's made me a gentler person as a result.
0: Oh, so I made you a better human being. Yes. You're welcome. Well, the podcast, I told you that before, the podcast helped me a lot in terms of, like, public speaking.
1: I like, I like how you're talking about <laughs> this really helped me with public speaking in a podcast that began with you just going...
0: <laughs> well, it, it did. I'm a little more comfortable doing, like, presentations or whatever. I don't instantly die, yeah. you know?
1: Well, that's good. My
0: essence doesn't instantly leave my body as I'm about to do one, so <laughs> it has helped. <laughs> Boyfriend, are you here to answer the? No, it's not.
1: What decade did this did this film come out?
2: In like two thousands or something.
1: Hmm. <laughs> Was it a horror movie? <sighs>
2: Oh, okay,
0: I, I was thinking of the wrong. I was googling it, couldn't find it because I was thinking of the wrong name. Okay, I'll tell you exactly when it came out.
2: Okay. Okay.
0: It it is a 2007 American science fiction horror
2: film based on the 1980 book by Stephen King. Oh. Uh huh. I should know this. Uh huh. You should.
1: Yeah, I'm racking my brain because I don't, I don't read Stephen King, but I should know like, the things that he's done.
0: Okay, the film was commercially released in the United States and Canada on November 1st, 2007. It performed well at the box office and received generally positive reviews. Darabont has since revealed... Oh,
1: Frank Darabont.
0: He had always had it
2: in mind to shoot the movie in black and white. Oh.
1: No, uh, it's like my brain is jumbled and I don't know. When you say Stephen King and you do, you, the ending stuck with you because it didn't.
0: Okay, I will. Like, it actually has a paragraph okay. about the ending. The director revised the ending of the film to be darker than the novella's ending, a change to which King was amenable.
1: I keep, like, my brain is going, it's The Shining, even though I know that's not true no, for every no, single it's... reason you've mentioned. <laughs> but like, the, the, Shining, the Shining is a good example of, like, this is a story that does not have a neat ending.
0: Well, it does. It has a good ending, doesn't it?
1: No, but it doesn't wrap everything up neatly.
0: Oh, it doesn't have to wrap everything up neatly. All I'm saying is you should be able to do something to help the children as a freaking magical
2: creature and not just stand there and watch them being murdered by another fairy. Okay, but who made the game? Who made the game? Miyazaki. Yeah.
1: Do you think he's going to pass up a choice to have children horribly murdered on screen? Oh,
0: no. <laughs> oh, no. Corvo, get off the table. Okay. Sorry. The problem is that uh, my boyfriend is really into electronics and stuff, right? Yeah. So we have, like, a electronics table or whatever. And Korra keeps trying to go on there and, like, lick stuff. And it's like, no, like, don't lick electronics, you'll, like, die. So we try to cover everything up, you know? Okay, fine, we're responsible, we covered it up. But now he's licking the plastic. Like, what are you doing, cat? Why? <sighs> Sorry.
1: Okay, was the movie The Mist?
0: Yes! Yes. Ah, how did you figure that one out?
1: I looked it up. <laughs> Do, and do, do you know, like, how I was so confused for a second, because I was thinking, are oh, you the mist? I do like the ending of that. And then I realized, no, that's not the mist, that's the fog. And I'm confusing it with an- with another film about ominous weather.
0: Yeah, I was, at first, I was Googling it, I Googled the fog, and I couldn't find it. And I'm like, pretty sure that movie had fog in it. Yeah.
1: Well, we should, we should watch the fog and watch the mist, and then do, like, which is better? <laughs> Oh, hang on, hang on. This looks I think this is the same ending as the fog.
2: Hang really? on. I don't remember
1: yeah.
0: anything about the fog either. I feel like I've seen it, but I yeah. like, maybe I haven't. Maybe I'm imagining it. It's the fog is in the eighties, right?
1: Oh, no I, no, I I was thinking of the ending of The Mist and then thinking it was the, also the ending of The Fog and then thinking, no, I'm thinking of The Fog, not The Mist. This is very confusing.
0: <laughs> Are you creating, like, time paradoxes as we speak?
1: I kind of... Just, oh, it's confusing that there's something called The Mist and something called The Fog, okay? <laughs> yeah. And there was a remake of The Fog in, like, 2005, so they it came out around the same time as The Mist.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> So, okay, so what you're describing, uh, what you would have preferred, makes me think of the ending of The Mist.
1: Yeah, and as you said, The Mist, re- the Mist was financially successful and received positive critical reviews.
0: No, but, like, I, I get it. Like, the ending stuck with me, yeah. but I didn't like it. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. No, I don't want it to end this way.
1: Yeah, but it's, it's, it's a horror film. It's not supposed to be, like, comforting.
0: Ah, well, I didn't like it. It made me very uncomforting, okay? Okay, okay. To this day, it's been a decade, Richie. I'm still thinking
2: about it.
1: (sighs) (laughs) Are you going to have to make, like, the ending of the Mist Explained Theory?
2: (laughs) Wait, what? It's pretty straightforward.
1: Yeah, but I think. Well, I'll con- confirm to you now. If you type the missed ending, it auto completes the missed ending explained. <laughs> also, one of the top results for the missed ending explained is an article saying that the ending is the only good part and the rest is really boring. <laughs> Yep, yeah, here we go an article from 2015 why you're still not over the ending of The Mist eight years later.
0: Oh my god, it's about me!
1: Yeah, so, yeah, so you should be like, yeah, I can confirm that another two years later, still not over the ending of The <laughs> Mist. <laughs> uh.
2: Yeah. So good thing the Racine didn't finish the way you wanted it to, because then
0: I wouldn't be over two things.
1: But some people would say that, like, if you see a piece of art like that and it affects you very deeply, then it, like, it was successful.
2: Hmm. I don't know. I don't know about that. Okay. Hmm. You could, like, see a lot of things that affect you very deeply.
1: Yeah, that's fair, actually, because I've seen a lot of really bad shock horror films that I still remember, but they had almost no merit whatsoever.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I watched a bit of... Uh, what's that stupid movie? Oh, fuck. I don't even remember the name. It was very popular. It's... Um, it's like... Like people traveling somewhere and then getting like cut up or teeth pulled out or something.
1: Oh, um, hostile.
0: Yeah, there we go. That, yeah, Yeah, it's, um, like, again, I don't remember anything. I like scary movies, so I watched it. I
1: think you, you basically just recap the entire plot, which is that people travel somewhere and get things pulled out of them. (laughs)
2: Yeah. And, uh, like, mm, no, I don't, I don't think that some, no, Hmm. yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, what about Texas Chainsaw Massacre?
2: Oh, which
0: which one is that? Is that with Jessica Biel?
1: No, that was like a shitty Texas Chainsaw Massacre like prequel or sequel. I mean mm. like the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre.
0: I can't remember if I've seen it. Yeah. Yeah, I like scary movies more like um like I don't know, like Drag Me to Hell or like Yeah. The original The Ring. Stuff like that. Um, I'm, I am yeah. i don't like gore. Like, I'll watch some of them because yeah. I like scary movies. Slashers are okay. They're, like, in the middle, you know?
1: Texas Chainsaw Massacre is, like, an interesting case because that has almost no, like, actual on-screen violence in it.
2: Oh, yeah? Huh.
1: It is just, like, it's just incredibly intense and unsettling, but you barely actually see anything. It's just the people being chased by something.
0: Okay. Oh, that's scary.
1: <laughs> oh, actually, Okay, have you played Resident Evil 7?
0: I have not played any of the Resident Evil games.
1: Okay, Resident Evil 7 is, like, really um, riffing on Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So I think, like, you could do a Resident Evil, a Texas Chainsaw Massacre comparison. It'd be neat. If you want, if you'd like a future content idea.
0: Yeah, but you're going to have to play it.
1: That's right. I can play it in VR.
0: Oh, God. Oh, don't even... I, I, I'm, I like, nervous hearing you say VR and scary game in the same time. You know I've been trying to play Dead Space 1? Yeah. Like, I'm, like, halfway through and I need a break. <laughs> Over, like, oh. a span of a few weeks, I was playing and I'm like, oh, I can't anymore. I tried to play... Which one was it? Um, Outlast 2? Yeah. I played it for about, like, 15 minutes and... I'm like, I can't. And there was just so much screaming and swearing, and it was just like, I'm like, I can't do this. I will not survive.
1: There's too much bad language, I refuse to watch this.
0: No, there was bad language for me.
1: Oh, okay. (laughs) I thought you were like, I was playing Outlast, and everyone was very rude.
2: No, no. That
1: was the true horror, and I was like, no. look, if you're going to be childish... I'll just turn this game off. Thank
0: you. <laughs> no, it was just like, I was just so terrified. I was just not, like, not processing or functioning. Yeah. And I'm like, I can't do this. I'm sorry. And I tried to. Yeah. Um, well, I- what?
1: I've never played Dead Space or Outlaws.
0: I did finish Dead Space 2 and 3. Yeah. It's just, they're a little more action y and less, like, yeah. intense scary. So that was okay. But, like, what am I playing now? Oh, I'm playing Hollow Knight. It's very cute. It has its scary moments, though. There were a couple of things that yeah. made me jump. Yeah, but it's very adorable. Well, I,
1: I have got I've got Hollow Knight now, so I'll I'll play that at some point.
0: Okay, awesome. So we'll we'll do podcasts on Hollow Knight. It has lore. Do we have to? Yes.
1: I haven't played it yet, though. What if I don't have anything to say?
0: <laughs> Richie, come on now. You always have something to say.
1: I I'm playing it because. Like, I went off on that sort of, like, rant about how I don't like Metroidvania design. And then a bunch of people sort of sent me things saying, oh, yeah, like, I agree with your criticisms, but, like, Hollow Knight does it better. Yeah. So you should play Hollow Knight. Yeah. So I'm going to check out Hollow Knight. Yeah.
0: No, it's really, really good. What are we talking about?
1: Derasynik.
0: Okay. Right, and we were talking about the ending. So no, I think I prefer the more calm, gentle, happy ending for this game. Yeah. Yeah. Excuse me.
1: I guess we'll talk to Laura about it mm-hmm. uh, next week.
0: Yeah. Alright, I guess that's it. Okay. Alright, do the authority
1: That was Derasene for about 40 minutes, followed by a tangent about horror films and uh, how I haven't played Dead Space.
0: <laughs> and we're getting organized now, because this will be episode 41 of the Snack Covenant.
1: I'm not used to... Firstly, I'm not used to being on a podcast at all. But I'm really not used to being on one that's that's uh, ma- well managed to the point where we know what order things are happening in.
0: <laughs> well, I'll be, I'll be honest, we know for now. So Yeah,
1: yeah I'm just going to fall apart
0: so. <laughs> Or this might end up being episode, like, 73
1: <laughs> Yeah It's like, uh, like, to resonate There's just different timelines
0: <laughs> There we go Yeah <laughs> Alright, well, I will see you soon, Richie
1: <laughs> Yep, I'll see you soon as well In, like, 30 seconds To record about something else Okay Okay, bye-bye <laughs> Bye, everyone